When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Hi, it's me, Victoria, your DM. Welcome to our season two premiere. We are super excited about this season. Today, we have special guests Satine Phoenix and Ross Rockefeller, and we have already recorded with Blue Jay and Adam Carnavalli. We have some other great guests lined up this season, and we're super excited to play with them. This episode has been brought to you by the Elderwood Academy. They make beautiful wood and leather gaming accessories that any gamer would drool over. You can design your own codex dice tower, scroll rolling tray, hex chest dice box, try saying that 10 times fast, and spellbook game boxes. Choose the color of leather artwork, foil, wood, and engraving to create a custom piece of functional art for your gaming table. I have one of the hex chest dice boxes. I I house my my semi-precious stone dice in there. Um, It's beautiful, and I love it, and I keep it in front of me all the time when I'm gaming so that I can look at it. It's they're really, really lovely. They're very well made. So you should go check them out at the elderwoodacademy.com. So that's elderwoodacademy.com. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to season two of the Broadswords. For those of you returning, hello. And for those of you who have just jumped in, here's a quick rundown. The Broads met in Rashman, which is a land in the northeast of Faerun. It is ruled by witches who, well, they ensure that the Rashemi live in harmony with the many spirits that roam the frozen land. And they're not just on the land, they're essentially a part of this land. The spirits and the witches and, and all Rashemi have a very deep connection to each other. Um, after some adventures, the Broads helped Yaleri's father rid himself of a spirit that had been possessing him for the last 20 years. That was great for Dad, but not so awesome for the rest of the world, because that spirit was actually, dun-dun-dun, the Betrayer. Of course, an evil god bent on the destruction of all the planes, because this is D&D, and that's what happens. 
All right, so now we've got war breaking out all over the place. And there might even be some who maybe blame the broads for this war. Dun dun. So that is where we left them. Anyone else have anything to add? I mean, we're doing great, so yeah, we were I don't just know kicking who's blaming us realistically. Right. Mm-hmm. No, no, nothing bad no. ever happened. No, nothing it was bad just ever really happened. just a lot of dancing yeah. in fields and flowers the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of sunshine, no, no martyrs, no armies, none of that. I could really use a bubble bath. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, you got, yeah, the you and uh, Eulerius got the really good end of that stick. Uh, almost died. I mean, it worked out <laughs> mostly in the end. That's You're all delusional. A little, a little. <laughs> all right, so before we jump into things, um, well, guess what, peeps? PodCon is coming! So join us in Seattle on January 19th through the 20th, along with other great guests such as Welcome to Night Vale, The Adventure Zone, Analyze This, Dear Hank and John, Hello from the Magic Tavern, The Bright Sessions, and really there's a lot, lot more. Um, I don't have the breath to list them all. Tickets are still available at podcod.com, and I'm, I'm really super excited about this. It's going to be amazing. I'm not nervous at all. I'm kind of terrified. <laughs> that's the same tone that we just used. Yeah, that's pure confidence. <laughs> Nothing but truth. I don't know why they thought, hey, you know what? Let's have featured guests. Let's ask the broads. That's the question I ask myself yeah, sure. every okay. day. You're still screaming on the inside. Just don't ask that question. And then... Yeah, yeah, okay. Sure, fine. We're going to do this. And it's going to be awesome. So you should all come. Now, talking about guests, we have a guest today. Um, we have Satine Phoenix. So welcome, and thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. For those listeners who don't do the social media thing or watch streams, because really, those are the only people who don't know who you are, I would think, <laughs> why don't you tell us where we can find you and your work? I am all over the place. I'm the community manager for for Dungeons & Dragons, the co-creator of Maze Arcana, um, once a year, I do a charity called Celebrity Charity 20. It's a fundraiser for Childhood Literacy Foundation Reach Out and Read. Weekly, you can find me, um, the Dungeon Master for Sirens of the Realms. It's an all-barred band on tour through the Forgotten Realms, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. I am Rose on Maze Arcana's Inkwell Society. It's Neon Noir and Eberron, 7 p.m. Wednesdays. And Sundays, I'm the host of Dungeon Master's Guide. It's kind of like Dungeon Master Tips, but... Beefier. Sunday is 1 p.m. <laughs> and many more. <laughs> we also have Ross Rockefeller of Dice for Brains. Hi, Ross. Hello. How are you? I'm well. I have nothing exceptional to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, a competition. <laughs> um, you can find me on social media at Dice for Brains on all of the various places and the podcast Dice for Brains and here and a few other places. <laughs> That I probably should have written down ahead of time. <laughs> what What is Dice for Brains? It is a actual play show where we take um, new players and introduce them to tabletop gaming through a bunch of different games, but primarily uh, Fantasy Flight's narrative system. Awesome. It's actually, okay, I know a lot of people have already heard me say this, but for new listeners, Ross is the reason I started podcasting. 
So, hi. Hi. No, I blush <laughs> on air. I don't know how that works. But... Especially on a podcast, that is a feat. It, right, yep, I know. Yep. You are killing I'm it. I'm pretty sure they heard it, though. <laughs> yeah. So, Satine is actually going to be playing a very special character today. Um, she is going to be playing a character that was created by one of our author tier uh, patrons, Michael Bowman. So thank you so much for your patronage, Michael. Um, your pledge has helped us buy better equipment and software. It has allowed us to be able to go to cons. So thank you so much. Um, we have all sorts of patron tiers. They are ranging from $1 to 100 And as a patron, you get access to our monthly Fate Core Mass Effect stream that is GM'd by Tracy. And you also get some Bianca Doodles, bonus episodes, listening parties um, where we listen to epi episodes together. You can play in one-shots with us. And you can even affect outcomes of the game. So yeah, you should check it out at patreon.com forward slash the broadswords. All right, so why don't we go quickly around our proverbial table here and introduce both yourself and your character. Why don't we start with you, Bianca? I hate going first, but that's okay. I just get really nervous when I'm the first one to talk. However, um, great introduction about myself. Um, that just painted an excellent picture. However, um, my name is Bianca Zelda, and the character that I play is Maypree the Tiefling Barbarian, and she's pretty much the complete opposite of myself. She's wild outgoing. I'd like to think that she's charming, but mostly just like optimistically hopeless. <laughs> What is something that May Pre thinks but has never told anyone? Oh gosh, how much she loves everybody. But like she doesn't really vocalize it. She just like tries to embody just like her ultimate admiration of almost everybody that she meets by trying to help them out. And it doesn't usually go the way she wants, but in her heart and in her soul, it's just the best thing ever. Ross. Hello, I am Ross and I am playing Kennethar. Again, I love Kennethar so much. He is a uh, scholar, uh, uh, Rashami as well. So that's a lot of fun. Um, some of he's very, very like logical, but it's almost the exceptions to those times that I think really shape him. And it's certainly the times that I enjoy playing him the most. Um, he is definitely ruled by specific emotions at specific times and tries his best to not be awkward about them. What is something that Kennethar thinks, but has never told a soul? Mm. Um, he probably secretly thinks love can conquer all, but he would never say that out loud to anyone. Tracy. Um, my name is Tracy. I play the character of Keela. She is a high elf bard scald. She is a little mischievous. She is a little bit of a pain in the ass sometimes, but she's sort of charming. Not in like the Maypri May is like lovable charming. Keel is just like, ah, not you again, kind of charming. <laughs> what is something that Keela thinks but has never told anyone? I was thinking along the lines of kind of what Bianca was saying in that Keela has never expressed really how much Maypri and Yelaris have come to mean to her over the time that they've been together because she's really bad at expressing her emotions sometimes. Kristen. Uh, I am Kristen Flemons and I play Yelaris, who is a half-elf noble-born wizard slash witch, or as we coined today, wizitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is it? <laughs> Which I love and Yolarius would hate. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, yeah, she is, uh, she is self-assured and haughty and important and uh, loves a good bubble bath. Now, I know Yolarius has all sorts of thoughts. Um, so which many. One are, which one are you going to share with us that she has not shared with anyone before? Um, so Yolarius is actually deeply insecure and is terrified that she does not deserve the things that she has been striving for. Mm. See? She went for depth. Everyone else is like, oh, love. <laughs> Not ready to share my depth with the world just yet. We have to wait for that moment with Maypri. Uh, I know um, I, I just gave everyone a look of like, mm-hmm, uh, which you can't see. But you just got a nice little sound effect. Satine, why don't you tell us about Hannah? I'm Satine, and I am playing Hannah. Hannah is very old and experienced druid of Chanti, and is the herald of Chanti for this session. And what is something that Hannah thinks that she's never told anyone? If something is worth doing right... Wait, let me try that over. (laughs) If something's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Also, everything hurts. (laughs) (laughs) so something new that we're going to be using this season is the plot point variant which is found on page 269 of the dungeon master guide if anyone wants to take a look at home Um, at the beginning of each session each player has one plot point Uh, they can use this plot point to change something in the scene something in the game um, so something like this could be a cart comes out of, the, of a side street blocking their pursuers, or you happen to know the innkeeper from childhood. Um, you can just change something in the course of the scene. Now, again, you only have one of those per session, each player. Um, however, when you use it, the player to your right, and again, we'll go clockwise for this, um, for in the video, um, that person will add a complication to the scene. So, yeah, that horse pulling the cart, maybe it bolts, and now, like, you're kind of in the way, too, so you need to get out of the way. Or, you know, it that horse bolts, or it kicks a, a crate, and now apples are spilled all over the floor, or, and now you've got rough terrain, something like that. So it, it helps you, but it also hinders you. Um, so once that plot point is used, you can't use it again until the next session. And I'm also going to kind of add this in for a house rule. Um, you have to be in the scene to use your plot point. So if your character is not there, you cannot use it and you cannot give it to anyone else. It is for you to use only. Makes sense. Anyone have any questions about that? Are we quantifying... One session as one recording? Yes. Okay, excellent. I feel like I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay, so a new season also means session zero. It's time to check in. 
So what is session zero? Well, generally, session zero is that that session that you have before a game starts. Everyone creates their characters and everyone talks about their expectations of what they want in the game and from each other. This is when you talk about your social contract, any veils or hard limits, soft limits, any of those things. That is when everyone talks about it so that the game itself is a smooth and fun place for and safe place for everyone. So we're going to go over our hard and soft limits here. So a hard limit is just like a nope. I do not like this. This is not going to happen. And if anything ever goes into the hard limit section, we're just going to stop because that's a no. Um, a soft limit is something that, okay, it's, it's a topic that mm, you're a little uncomfortable with, but you're okay as long as it doesn't cross any lines and we we just kind of skirt around it and we're all right. So for for some of us that that we have here for the broadswords, our hard limits are no rape or non-consensual stuff that's actual alluded to or joked about, no sexual harassment or assault, no persuasion to seduce, simply because persuasion is about convincing someone to do something they don't want to do. So that starts bordering on the creepy side of things. Um, no sexist jokes, no derogatory comments or jokes about underrepresented groups. And the following soft limits we have is in-universe racism. So dwarves who hate elves, all orcs are evil, that sort of thing. Um, and sexual content, be tasteful, fade to black. Does anyone else have anything that they would like to add? I think you covered it all that, you know, we've... Yeah, I think that covers it. I think it. one thing that came up in a recent, a different game that I played was like a, having a soft limit around uh, torture and like significant harm there. Um, Ooh. Where, you know, like not having significant on screen time of that is is great for me. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I like Understood. that. We can, we can avoid the torture. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to have like a soft limit around like self-harm and suicide, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. That's one for, for my okay. table usually. That's a good one. I'm writing this down. Mm-hmm. That's important. So this then brings us to a safety mechanic that we're using. So this is the green, yellow, and red light. So green light is so if you're role playing and your character is going through something that might be traumatic or maybe your character's angry or, or something is dark or something's going on, but you as a player, you're you're okay. You're loving it. You're having a really grand old time. Um, just hold up something green on the screen. I have a pair of scissors with a green handle. <laughs> um, and just just hold that on the webcam so that people know that you're all right. Um, then we have yellow light. So if a scene is starting to wander toward a soft or hard limit and while well, you're fine for now, but you would prefer to not go any further than that, um, hold up something yellow on the webcam to let us know um, your discomfort and we will ensure that we do not go any further. I, I have a sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that I had that was yellow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then red light, um, you are uncomfortable. A scene has stepped over the line or of a hard or soft limit and you need the scene to end. So hold up something red. I have a car. You do. Okay. <laughs> we got a red car that breaks and says, nope. Yes. All right. So any questions about that? All right. Nope. Good. I like this. I like having the green light. 
where you can signal like, this is an intense thing, but like it is a okay. I think that's a really great thing to have Mm -hmm. where it's not only about like, stop. It's like, no, no, like this is intense, but this is, this is awesome. Yeah. I like that. Yep. I I think it allows you to role play um, Mm -hmm. certain emotions without other people to other people at the table going, oh, are they really mad? Yeah. Are they upset? What's going on? Because I know I've been at tables where especially when you're playing with people you may not necessarily know very well. Um, and they start really getting into it and you're not sure if they're just kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, player, woo, or if it's the character. Because I've had players who are mm-hmm. a little intense. Um, but so that's good. All right. Final question of our session zero. What is everyone's favorite aspect of tabletop RPGs? Let's start with Bianca. I love teamwork. I love when just like a bunch of even if it's strangers or friends or just a group of people can come together and work towards a unified goal. And whether or not they accomplish that, it's just like the journey of doing something together, no matter how fun or how absurd is just like so perfect to me. Mm hmm. Ross? Uh, Collaborative storytelling. When it's just firing all over the room and you just everyone syncs up perfectly. It's the best, the best. Tracy. I think for me, it's the creativity and it's just the limitless boundaries with what you can do and how creative that you can be, especially when you have creative moments together. Kristen. Um, You know me in favorites, but I was going to (laughs) say, I think this sort of crosses over with what Ross and, and Tracy just said, but surprise and sort of the things that come out of a left field, but then you can all sort of run with it and it takes you somewhere new and, and exciting and sort of opens that up. That's what I'm going to go with for today. Satine? Yeah, pretty much everything you guys said. Um, I call it cooperative <laughs> brain play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my favorite aspect is just everyone working together and everyone creating a story together. Yeah, sure, I might be a DM, but... I, I I do the improv DM thing where I just set up the scene and let you just go with it. And then I fill in the blanks and just try to keep the momentum going because I like being able to work with everyone and, and see what we can all come up with together. So speaking of collaborative storytelling, we're going to do some world building because y'all have been living in Sigil for the last two months um this is for your own safety the betrayer is looking for you so you need to lay low and sigil is the perfect place for that armies can't get in there um the lady of pain she controls this whole area and the betrayer is not powerful enough at this point to get there so this is the perfect place for you to just hide and disappear also sigil is the city of doors there is pretty much a door to anywhere and everywhere in the multiverse, somewhere in Sigil. So you've been living here. So Hannah, the woman with gray hair who pulled you out of the battle in the Shadowfell, um, has set you up in an apartment, and she's been living with all of you as well for the last two months. Let's create this apartment in the neighborhood that it's situated in, where you've been spending this time. So what is the location of this apartment? What part of the city is this? I would like to be somewhere with many bookstores 
and uh, and uh, possibly some uh, learned cafes, uh, tutors, perhaps uh, academic uh, high points. That's where I would like to be. Are there any of those near a tavern? Yeah, I'm looking for taverns. <laughs> To frequent, uh, so I mean, city like downtown city core is would be a popular place where it can have a combination of all of these things that we require. As long as okay. there are a lot of trees, I don't know if we can have. Trees. I, I require plants. <laughs> well, maybe a lot maybe of it's them. an apartment building next to a park. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, the, you're you're in the city center. Um, maybe in like a market quarter. Um, so you've got a lot, you've got your bookshops and you have your taverns um, and can you've got there, a park. Can there be old people constantly playing dragon chess in the park? <gasps> yes. yes. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. yes. Um, what about you, Kennethar? What does Kennethar look for in an apartment? Uh, functionality. Um, you know, if we're if we're going to have a guests that may find it difficult to move around something on the first floor perhaps um lots of adjacent doors so logical uh, escape routes are, are big and important since i have a feeling or at least i think there there might be something personal with the betrayer so i just want to make sure i have bases covered and you, know, you, you never know when you need to make a quick escape okay so we're in a market area of town kind of city center-ish there's a bookstores there are taverns there are lots of doors and windows to escape from (laughs) and there's a park next door with elderly people playing (laughs) dragon chess Mm -hmm. the rent has to be absurd (laughs) yeah no kidding (laughs) yes but we farm we farm in the park and then we sell it at the at the farmer's market what are we farming i do not Carrots. No, that's it's my hobby and okay. my favorite thing to do. Aw, okay. <laughs> and side hustle, so that's good. <laughs> what's the style of your apartment? Like this building, like architecturally, what does this look like? Is it like, I don't know why, I think it's like skinny but long? And like maybe many floors? I was picturing something that's like very small but like kind of teeters up and down yes. a few different directions yeah oh so it's zigzagging up yeah. into the sky yes yeah. how many how many stories are does it have how many can we afford <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not paying are we is this, all, this is all carrot money right <laughs> um no this is you're you're being set up by the people beings <laughs> well i would beings like my own living income. floor and a study floor so I require two. <laughs> I think that might be a little excessive for one person. People think that, but... That's a little unfair. Come on, you Larrys. I mean, I only need a bed to sleep in, and that is it. I'm very minimalistic. Is there so a room I mean, with, like, like five doors? Get what would have been my room, and I just, like, sleep in the lobby. Oh, my Perfect. In the lobby of the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people, like, try to get you kicked out because they think you're homeless. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah. nobody can move me. Like, I'm, I take up a lot of space. Like, you can't just, like, drag me out. You can call the authorities. People have to step over you <laughs> yes. to get to the elevator. Yeah. I've got all is my stuff splayed around me. Is there, yeah, like fantasy elevator. Of course, elevator? fantasy this elevator. Is the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an enchanted 
disc okay. in a cage mm. I dig it. that goes up and down. I think that... Do we have like a little motorized not? one for the stairwell too, just in case? Oh. <laughs> Fantasy escalator? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> or were you thinking like one of those chair lifts I'm worried about our druid friend having to walk up all those stairs <laughs> and not walking You're well. <laughs> and I You're don't want to be... <laughs> That's what the elevator is for. I prefer taking the stairs uh, by by disc. I I prefer the stairs by disc. (laughs) Love it. This is good. This is safe. Directly to my lazy boy. (laughs) (laughs) Takes you right there. Next to the window. So you can look out at the park, watch the old people play uh, Dragon Chess. Can we have a bay window? I was just going to say, it's a bay Mm -hmm. window with a bunch of uh, plants, uh, pot plants in the window. Yeah. Yeah. You have a bay window with potted plants. Yes. Do we do we have an attic? <laughs> Don't know. So you're at the very top of this well, apartment I, building. Penthouse? I was just thinking that I think that Keela would want to live <laughs> on the highest floor, but I want it to be one of those things where there's a window that she can access the roof. And she likes to go up and sit on the roof, especially at night. I think there's like a window with like rain spouts. <laughs> yeah. That are close by, so you can like yeah. shimmy on up. No, you can do that. Broad Squad, it is Tracy here. I would like to take a second to thank everybody who's been so kind to leave us reviews on iTunes. We are very close to 100 and we are so excited about that. And I would like to take a moment just to read a few of the new reviews that came up on iTunes recently. So the first one is from Pantacular. For the record, I love that name. Uh, Pantacular says, I love this show. It's an amazing story told by an amazing group of women who put so much love and care into this. They make sure you get this beautifully crafted story that still leaves room for fun. Absolutely give them a listen. Thank you so much, Pantacular. Uh, and I would also like to read a review from Pavumnas. Pavumnas. Uh, Pavumnas <laughs> says... As someone who did play D&D when the game was in its early incarnations, first and second editions, I'm not all that familiar with how the fifth edition has evolved in the last few years. Nevertheless, the way that Victoria has woven the story so far, I'm about halfway through the season, and how the characters interact with each other is well orchestrated. I would rather have the characters watch my back than kicking my butt. Keep up the good work, ladies. Well, thank you, Pumnas. We really appreciate your review, and thank you so much again to everybody else who took the time to leave us a review. Twelve Peculiar Towers by Cobalt Press is a collection of 5th edition adventures for characters level 1 to 13, with the theme of, and yeah, you probably guessed it correctly, towers. Discover the mysteries that lie within, such as the forest lair of a Ravenfolk bandit gang, a magical archive of ancient elven lore, the hideout of a powerful thieves guild master. Actually, I'm really interested in that one. Uh, The stronghold of a sinister blood mage. Mm, Well, I definitely have an affinity for blood magic. And, well, eight other distinctive dungeons. 
Each tower comes with a beautifully illustrated map, including many isometric maps, and of course, plenty of traps, hazards, and enemies to challenge your players. You can get 12 peculiar towers in print and PDF today at www.cobaldpress.com. All right, so I'm going to go around, and this time we're going to start with Hannah. What is your favorite part, aspect of the apartment? I don't want to make them feel good or anything, but I do like having life around the apartment. I, I like <laughs> these new people. They're very, uh, they're very funny. What's Yulari's favorite part? Um, I think having my own stationary library once again that I, uh, I keep adding to as I go out into, into the city, borrowing books and buying new books, uh, actually having, being able to surround myself with books again is, is so calming. Keela? I know I mentioned it before, but I think Keela's would be up on the rooftop. But I've been kind of envisioning her. I think her living space would be on the highest floor, but I'm imagining it having maybe um, a, a triangular roof. And her living space is kind of mm -hmm. short where she sleeps kind of underneath the triangular roof. And she has to be careful where she stands up or she might hit her head. Um, so she really kind of adds some flair to her living space in the sense that all of her clothes and junk kind of just explodes around that small space. Uh, so that's, that's one of her favorite places. And the other is just sitting up on the roof, watching the stars and watching the city during the day kind of just pass by beneath her. I like how having a messy room is called flair. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, well, she doesn't have much stuff, so all of her stuff is flair. Kennethar, what's your favorite part about the apartment? Uh, doorknobs. <laughs> and the, the There's a pattern here. I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm taking lots and lots of notes. There is some, I, I don't know if it, if it lends it, if it's a map of some kind, but there's some combination of doorknob to door portal that I'm going to figure out eventually. Also, they're just regular doors sometimes, which is altogether confusing. <laughs> All right. So doorknobs. Doorknobs. So now I they're get really nice. Doorknobs. Are like some crystal, some are wood, yeah, oh, they're some all are different, metal. all different. Even the ones that look identical, I can point out very minuscule differences in them already. There's something here. You know how like people who have like the rustic bohemian look going on in their home, and they have like doorknob art on their walls. Mm -hmm. So is that like Kennethar? He's collecting doorknobs. Well, I'm, I'm taking notes and uh, like dry rubbings. I don't want to disturb anything yet. I don't know how <laughs> it works. How you're etching. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kennethar's wandering around town or the apartment building with parchment and charcoal. That <laughs> actually sounds outside the right. like yeah. your sounds. Yeah. It's just Kennethar outside their door, catching, getting a sketching of their doorknob. Like, don't mind me, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maypri, the kitchen is marvelous. Um, it's a rather large kitchen that we seem to have, and it's strangely always stocked with like fruits and vegetables. I am by no means a good cook, but I can take a lot of foods, put them into one pot, put it over a fire and hope for the best. And so far, the results have been great. So I'm in love with this kitchen that we have. I keep trying 
trying to tell uh, Maypre about this concept of a recipe where like it's reproducible, it's verified by others. Sometimes people test them. The very learned people spend years developing things. She I haven't mastered into it that. yet. No. Not yet. Does Yolaris have any cookbooks? I bought you a cookbook. No, I think I bought you a cookbook mm. somewhere, but <laughs> I might have used some of the pages as like kindling to start the flame under like something I was oh. cooking because it had the word cookbook. So I'm like, hey, it's gonna help me cook. <laughs> and it did. So I was I was incredibly grateful to you. Heartbroken. I would I would definitely help and, and give you extra spices. Oh, fantastic. And, and teach you something I learned a very long time ago. It's probably why the food has turned out as successful as it has, but I have chalked it up to my innate skill. That's something I've never <laughs> done before. I do give you a very special ladle spoon. Oh, can you describe it? What makes it special? It is a wood spoon mm. and mm-hmm. it has a twisted handle. Something I learned a very long time ago is you put the butter and mix with spices in your hand and you... And you you squeeze it around and make it very slippery, and then you hold on to the spoon, and the, and the butter and the oils and the spices drip very slowly into the meal that you're creating, and that slow cooking and slow drip uh, make for a very delicious, insert any meal. <laughs> and I have followed this to the T. It makes no sense to me, but I was, I was very into it. It's a little sticky, but it's very fun. <laughs> Yeah, all about that. And now you smell like butter. <laughs> yeah, all the time. I start touching doorknobs with my like my buttery spice. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I gotta start all over. Oh yeah, the the butter and the grease soaks through the parchment as he tries to get etching. <laughs> Erases all of his drawings, like the pencil work just isn't going through the butter. <laughs> I'm so just sorry, find buttery Maypre handprints everywhere. <laughs> All right. Well, now we're going to go and talk about what's your least favorite thing about this apartment. We're going to start with Kennethar. What is Kennethar's least favorite thing? Oh, no Bromley. Oh. That's the saddest. No it's been a long time since I've been like on my own living without him and it's very difficult to adjust i find myself retreating a lot and then trying to be not awkward socially but it's it's difficult without him and for new listeners bronley is yulari's father and kennethar's husband what is keela's least favorite part it's cold in the apartment especially at night and she is not a fan And uh, especially, you know, being the farthest upstairs, it tends to be real cold and real drafty up there. Yeah, because I feel like you're you're sleeping in the attic, so there's not a lot of insulation up there. And yeah, it does get cool and drafty. She she likes the attic for the roof access, but realized on about the second night that it was not the most practical decision, but she was too stubborn to try and go for any of the other rooms. So maybe by throwing her clothes all over the place, that was really just... Keela trying to insulate her <laughs> yes, room. Yes, exactly. Yolaris, what is your least favorite part of this uh, this apartment? May praise butter handprints. <laughs> they add flair. This is the definition of flair, right? That's what yeah, we concluded. Yeah, we've got some more flair. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> I think like, honestly, I, I've spent some time with these people and we've spent a lot of time together now, but we've always been on the road and we've always been traveling and actually sharing space as roommates and the different ways that people live and do things that they all, they do them wrong. <laughs> and I'm trying very hard not to lose it at every corner, but I am not always succeeding. And it is a challenge. I'm very glad that I have barricaded my own little living space, but it is still not the easiest thing that I have ever done. <laughs> I I think I think maybe it's all mutual with people perhaps trying to live with yes. the yes. <laughs> I think there's a lot of like coming into a room and like a sharp intake of breath at, at seeing how everyone is perhaps approaching their current tasks. And just like a stiff standing there and an abrupt turning and leaving and, and storming out of said room. We know not that is to the way I deal with conflict. Yeah. When we hear that sharp intake of breath, like, oh, yep, that's hilarious. We're just going to leave her for a little bit. She'll calm down. I go buy a book. Where, where is hilarious getting all of this money to buy books? Because books aren't cheap. Uh, you know what? I'm a damn good dragon chess player. And I am taking these senior citizens for all their work. <laughs> you are hustling at Dragon Chess. I am. Once I realized that I can actually make money on this and once my funds are running a little low, I'm like, well, it's worth it. <laughs> oh, these poor people, they just want to retire, but now they can't. Everyone's making their choices freely. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> Hannah, what's your least favorite aspect? Oh, these the noises and the smells. I would constantly be making, um, like, and there's no animals, and they're weird animals that are here, and so I would like call animals constantly into my area next to the in the bay window, and I'd constantly be doing plant growth over my easy chair because it's just not enough plants and I would be petting them and talking to them because I, there's just the, the sounds of the city are just too much for me. May pre. I have a hard time with all the doors. There's doors everywhere. <laughs> and like when I come back to the apartment, it's three o'clock at night I'm trying to unlock all the doors. And I mean, by unlock, I'm turning the door handle and I can't figure out where we live. There's so many floors that we seem to occupy. I don't know which one's my room. And everybody locks their doors on me. And it's so disheartening. So I, that's why I typically end up sleeping in the lobby. It is not by choice. I just can't figure out where we live. The neighbors hate us so much. <laughs> I have drawn several maps. <laughs> I lose all of them. Or not, I I've given them away. I've, tra I've made some money off of them. You are an excellent cartographer. Oh, my. This is why I took over Maypree's room, is is because she never seemed to use it. She couldn't find it again. And I was like, well, this is just wasted. I'm turning it into a study. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Um, so we, I, have, I have two more questions about our apartment and the neighborhood in which it's situated in. So how much time... Do each of you actually spend in the apartment as opposed to out and about in the city of Sigil? Why don't we start with Keela? 
Keela actually does not spend a ton of time in the apartment. She keeps herself quite busy when she's in sigil. She definitely likes to come back on occasion, but there are often nights where she doesn't even come home. Okay. Kennethar? I probably spend the most time in the apartment, unless I'm actually dragged somewhere or, you know, forcefully taken. A drag probably isn't the right word. I've probably been duped into some money-making schemes with maps and maybe hustling old people in chess, um, but mostly unwittingly, for sure. Maypree? I also do not spend a whole lot of time um, at this apartment, um, not just because I can't really figure out which door belongs to us, but mostly because I've made a lot of friends on the outside, and I might have picked up a strange job or two slash a hobby or two, which has really kind of kept me outside of our living space. Okay, when you say you've picked up a hobby, what what hobby have you picked up? Um, well, I've spent a lot of time trying to learn the local slang. Maypree definitely considers that a hobby because it is a skill outside her normal skill set, you know, engaging in a what she considers an entirely new language, which is just adding a couple of words into her language. Um, you know, like um, like a local, what people tend to call the sigil is the cage. And she absolutely fell in love with that. Um, people who are really good at things are called blood. Like she likes to think that she's a blood at um, being like a bouncer in front of certain bars, uh, which is how she's been making a lot of her money. After just fighting with some people at a couple of taverns, they decided, the barkeeps decided like, hey, you're not actually trying to hurt people. You're just defending like, We'll pay you if you want to keep a couple of the um, Burks out of our bars. All right, so Maypree's a bouncer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like using slang and sometimes not using it entirely correctly. Definitely not using yeah. it in the right context. She's learned a lot, but it's not necessarily like learned appropriately or properly, properly applied. Satine, Hannah? Well, I, I spent a lot of time in the park at first, but then the howling of the of the city just got to me, and I only really go out to farm our carrots that we sell, so that I can uh, clothe and feed my new friends and and buy help buy books when the dragon chess gets a little dry. Um, but then I, I do spend a lot more time inside, and and I help with the cleaning of the doorknobs and uh, <laughs> the cooking. And Yalaris. Um, I think I spend a moderate, sort of like even time between, you know, playing dragon chess in the park, going out shopping and, and maybe studying, uh, and then, you know, coming home to do my actual studying and, and shutting myself up in the rooms and reading all of my books and, and going over things. Um, so, yeah, I'd say mm -hmm. like halfsies. And and we talked a little bit before Yularis yeah. um, has been studying with mm -hmm. someone. I have a too. tutor. Yes, a tutor. And we're going to little delve into that a little bit um, later. Yeah. So now, last question about this neighborhood for, for world building here. What, well, we kind of brushed on it, but what is each of your favorite place? Yularis? Um... I think it's a, a toss-up between uh, the bookstore and uh, that particular dragon chess table where my luck seems to be particularly good. What is the name of your favorite bookstore? 
Um, the the brittle page. <laughs> Keila. Keila has a, a tavern that's not too farther from the house that she frequents. Uh, she will often play her loot there, and um. You know, she she can get a little bit of gold out of it. Sometimes she'll stand outside it and busk during the day, and then she'll you know play more indoors during dinner time at night. She's definitely had some nights where she's had so much to drink that she had to spend the night there because she couldn't make her way home. Uh, not so much on being lost, but just simply on being drunk. But she also um, made a very good friend at the tavern. Mm. So first off, name of the tavern and name of your friend. Okay, uh, my friend's name is Kit, and the tavern is the, sorry, I'm trying to think of a word, and it's not coming to my head, so we're going to call it the Mule and Donkey. Been there before, it's all right, they've got good beer. Kenneth Hummer. Oh, it's, um, oh, what's the name of it? It's like a, it's a meadow, um, it's very peaceful, there's this, like, little arched bridge over it. It's very, very nice. And when you stand at the top of the bridge and look down into the water beneath, it's a like crystal clear body of water. And at the bottom, there's a door. And nobody knows where it goes. And I'm obsessed with it. It's a very beautiful, picturesque scene, but I cannot take my eyes off this door at the bottom of this, I don't know, lake, pool of water. It's so enchanting. Maybe there's like, pool of water in the park yes that's exactly where it is it's in the park i'm glad we live so close maybe um so there's a tavern called the glittering hat and the building itself is just shaped like a glowing hat it instantly draws the eye the inside of it is incredibly gaudy it's got many colored lights and everything is just really ostentatious, but like it, it draws you in by its just kind of obnoxious aura. And that was the tavern where I actually was hired first because I just kept fighting with people that were just a little bit too, too obnoxious. You know, I really wanted to maintain <laughs> the level tone of the bright lights and just keep everybody calm and collected. And the barkeep there really enjoyed the way I handled things and that's where uh I love that place like it's it's just like the best place in sigil it is so bright and welcoming does Maypri wear a hat she does she's yes. oh, wow only when she's working though it's um it's a like glowing <laughs> um I'm trying to think of the shape of hat is it a cowboy hat <laughs> with holes for her horts with holes for her horns. horns. It is now a cowboy hat. Yes. A cowboy hat with holes to fit her tiefling horns. Yep. Oh, geez. What, is it? So it's glowing? It it's is. It's a glowing, glittering hat. Yes. The colors change uh, depending on the day of the week. They have different <laughs> specials depending on the colors um, that they're offering. Mm. <laughs> oh, this is great. Hannah. Where is your favorite spot in the neighborhood? Well, the park is a little weird because I don't really recognize these plants. But there is a lovely urban dryad that I talk to in one of the alleyways. She has very long ivy hair that I do recognize. So it's um, she, that's my favorite place. So in the alley near the 
near the apartment. Yes. There is an urban dryad. <laughs> I love the concept of an urban dryad. <laughs> Thanks. This is great. So we we now have a very tall, zigzagged apartment that shoots up into the sky of Sigil. And atop it, perched, you see Aquila staring out over the city. And you have a Maypri with buttery fingers running around to every apartment door <laughs> trying to get in and find her way home. We have Kenethar staring into a bridge or, or staring off of a bridge into a, a body of water at a door. We have Yaleri's huffing and puffing about hustling elderly people of their, <laughs> their hard-earned retirement funds and Maypri wearing a glittering hat bouncing and announcing weekday specials. And we have Hannah in alleys talking to urban dryads and growing carrots. Thank you to everyone who participated in our survey. Those survey answers have allowed us to see where we need to improve and make this show as best as we can make it. Here is to a new season. We'll be in your eardrums on January 19th when we will find out what Yaleri's Keela, Maypri, Kennethar, and Hannah have been getting up to. See you next time. The most fun way to learn about new games is to listen to them get played. Every week on One Shot, James D'Amato brings you actual play recordings with a talented cast of improvisers, game designers, and other notable nerds. Each month features a new group trying a new system, exploring a wide variety of genres. The stories are self-contained, so you can jump in anywhere, and it's a great way to find new games. Discover the magic of RPGs with OneShot on your favorite podcast app. Bianca here, and I just wanted to give a big thank you to all of our new patrons. We have a Brian Morris. Thank you very much. A Deborah Boulware, you're fantastic. Thank you for joining. Uh, Richard Kreutz Landry, you're marvelous. Thank you. Hedda Paulson, you're beautiful. Thank you. Ben S, excited that you're with us. And Stormshot, you're excellent. Thank you very much for uh, joining the hashtag Broad Squad. Uh, as well, I just want to give a special thanks to A. Auburn Jones, who helped me writing some of the uh, heavy DM work that was involved in the Feast of the Moon production. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, creativity went into that, so uh, special thanks to her. And um, a really big thank you for just everybody for being on this fantastic uh, Broadswords journey with us. Thanks.
Oh, can you describe it? What makes it special? Uh, okay. All right. So it mm-hmm. is a wood spoon and it has a twisted handle. And um, something I learned a very long time ago is you put the butter and mix with spices in your hand and you... And you Okay, here we go. It wasn't. It didn't show my lines the first time. So, uh, thank you, Audacity. Um, hi, Victoria. This is take number one. I hope that it's not awful. How was it, Bianca? Sh- should I- should I do it up? Okay. Should I just leave it then? Okay. Well. Okay. Well, Victoria, you get one take. Good luck. Theme music by Victoria Rogers, and other music by Kevin McLeod of Incomptech.com. Songs used were Cottages and Northern Glade. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.